0: Well, hey there. My name is Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. In each episode, I explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. And during each show, I interview thought leaders, hear their leadership stories, and discuss ways to become better problem solvers and people developers. Visit culturebus.cc to access additional tools focused on each episode so you can create forward movement with your team. Okay, well, let's dive into today's show. I have a special guest, Jamie Spinks. Jamie, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We know each other through a bunch of different vehicles, but in the last couple months, I've gotten to know you from school. My wife works at a school and I heard she came in one day and said, we're doing this thing called leader in me and Jamie Sphinx is helping us lead us through. It. And I was like, what are you kidding me? So I had to reach out to you okay. because I had some things that we were doing with my family. So just go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and, um, and what you do. And I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions from there. <laughs> All right.
1: Sounds awesome. So I live in Easley, South Carolina right here in the upstate I have a a fabulous wife. Her name is Kristen, and we have three gifts also by way of boys. It's great to to be a dad and to be a husband, and that is my first calling uh, beyond living for Christ um, is to be that husband and to be that father, Mm -hmm. Uh, but... I also as a way of career wise, I've been an educator for 23 years. So elementary and then taught elementary school. And then I have been an administrator in an elementary school for about 18 years. Okay. Just recently have been able to join Franklin Covey as a leader in me coach and okay. consultant. So I'm able to to go in and, and work with schools and leader in me as, as an evidence-based comprehensive school improvement model helps to empower individuals with leadership skills they need to be life ready. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I do is to go and help schools and empower them uh, to empower their staff and empower their students to be life ready uh, leaders.
0: Yeah. Well, I will have to say when Rachel told me what they were doing at Lakes and Bridges, which is the school that she's at and she's a, a teacher there, English teacher Uh, she just kind of mentioned this Leader in Me program and I was fascinated with it. I mean, I thought it was so cool. And so I began to consume as much information as I could About, of course, Stephen Covey and of course the seven habits of highly effective people. And then I went into a season of taking my family through the seven habits of highly effective teens. So Sean Covey, he wrote that, and it just was really practical, timeless. And so I've really enjoyed these seven habits. And so I guess if you can maybe tell us, so that's a little bit about what Leader in Me is, right? I mean, you're kind of going into a school and helping them create some leadership momentum. Talk a little bit about what you like best, about what you and the environments that you get to participate in?
1: Oh, absolutely. So probably what I like best about what I do is I've always had just a a firm belief that everybody is created on purpose, with a purpose and for purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, So everybody has a reason to be here. And and I think for for what we have been called to do, just being able to, to see worth and potential and, and to be able to call it out in others. And really, I think what resonated with me was Stephen Covey's actual definition of leadership, which is communicating people's worth and potential so clearly that they're inspired to see it in themselves. Mm. And I think that, um, Can you say that one
0: more time? Can you say that one more time, Jamie?
1: uh, Leadership is communicating people's worth and potential so clearly that they are inspired to see it in themselves.
0: Mm. That's good. And I
1: think for me, that is what excites me most about my work is, is really recognize and realize that they have purpose, uh, that they have worth, uh, and that they have potential. And, and to be able to, even if they don't see it in themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, for me to, to help them find the keys to unlock that greatness that's within them, so that they could be the most effective person and operate within that place of their personal worth and their potential. And so yeah. I think that's probably what I love most is being able to do that for schools and being able to helping schools to see their worth and potential and how mm-hmm. they can speak it into children. Yeah. Help the adults to see that, help the leadership to see that. Just everybody that's I think that's the joy of my work and what I love most.
0: Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the story of how Leader in Me was created. I know that there's a, a unique story for one school principal, and, and maybe you could just talk a little bit briefly about how this got started and what Leader in Me is about.
1: So Muriel Summers uh, was principal at A.B. Combs Elementary in Raleigh, North Carolina, and she was actually attending a Seven Habits to Highly Effective People seminar that dr covey was actually teaching and leading before she was attending that her superintendent met with her and he said you need to you need to find a different focus for your school because you're lead- losing students like crazy i'm um, saying so you need to find a different focus for your school or we're gonna find it for you so but basically they were going to demagnetize the school yeah
0: not he a good thing buy- to have a conversation with your superintendent uh,
1: not at all and so That was when she was attending that uh, Highly Effective Conference with Dr. Covey and happened to be able to have a conversation with him and just said, have you ever considered being able to teach these seven habits to children and uh, having a school focused on leadership? Mm -hmm. Because it's really designed as an adult model and it was designed as a business model for highly effective people. So he said, no, but I think it can be done. Yeah. And and that's where it all started was with that conversation. And now she's got a waiting list to come into her school and it was, it just, she really turned it around. It's an amazing story.
0: So basically what happened from this story to catch our listeners up to is she launched this process within a year And it's really interesting. I've done a little bit of study on her and that she and how you guys do some of this is that you start with teachers, which is kind of what your role is. You go as an educator into a school and you equip the teachers with the leader in me curriculum, which is fabulous curriculum. I mean, it's just, it is straight up leadership. Like if you like being a leader, if you want to be a leader, like you need to learn these principles, because they are timeless. But you basically go in and train teachers. And then those teachers help kids have leadership responsibility. You also have teachers and children, but also parents, there's a group of parents that have some sort of responsibility into that. So talk to us a little bit about a little what you do. I mean, you're starting to do this at Lakes and Bridges, but with other schools, um, you've told me other conversations, tell me a little bit about that process and how you and what you enjoy doing. So
1: once a school recognizes that that's the the path they want to take, they have to really identify their their purpose and and why they want to be a leader in me school, why they want to be a focus on leadership. So once they identify their why, then then I help to equip them with tools to help them to show school improvement. So it's a it's a three it's like a three tiered model. So we build leaders, build culture, and then we build in academics. Mm-hmm. So all three of those areas are what, uh, as far as being a leader in me school, are what we, we focus on. So we have a framework that I call the operational system, the foundation of, of five core paradigms. And then we build out in those three areas, in the, in the area of leadership and teaching leadership skills, and the area of culture, and the area of academics. And so yeah. the, first, the first thing that I do is we call it an inside out model. So we, we have to work on ourselves before we can do anything else. Sure. Um, and so that's, that's where we start is working with adults and, and providing that tool for adults with the seven habits and help them to see their effectiveness and how to improve their effectiveness. And then helping them to change the culture of the school and then change the culture of their classroom. It's a full, whole 360 degree approach because you talked about the parent piece Yeah, Um, that's that's part of the school. So I'll help them to have resources to teach their parents and to train their parents so they can instill these at home, just like they're being taught at school.
0: Pretty much everything that you've said, it makes so much sense that you would want to do that. Start with me, develop a really robust understanding of what leadership looks like, which does change a culture. And then the academics piece. I mean, it totally makes sense to me. And I love it. I wish I could spend a couple days with you just watching what you do. I'm sure it's a lot of fun.
1: It is. It is very rewarding.
0: What's been a, what's been a, maybe a school or an environment in the last six months, maybe even that has just given you a lot of joy and you've maybe even learned more about yourself through the process that you've taken teams through. Just thinking of a, of a couple of schools. I was at this one school and I was doing two days
1: of uh, seven habits training. Cause it, when we say it begins uh, with ourselves, it's an inside out model. That's, that's yeah. what we're teaching. And I had this lady come up to me or, she just kind of gave me a blank stare. I thought that I wasn't getting through, or she wasn't understanding, or she was there out of obligation. I wasn't really sure. Yeah. Uh, and then at a break, she came uh, up to me and and she just she thanked me. She was like, "Thank you so much. You have you have just released me because I have I've just realized that for a number of years I have been in bondage to myself." Mm. And, and she said, I have held on to things and just my perspective and my paradigm and the way I see things. And I was letting things I can't control, control my life. And you gave me permission today to take on those things I can control and to, to work with those things. And, and you gave me permission to, to take that control of my life. And, and I want to thank you. And, so she wow. was in tears. So she was at that moment of that personal reflection and that personal change. And I think yeah. for me, that was my biggest surprise was how this content impacts people. That's so uh, good. Like, I knew it was impactful, but when I when it changes people's life like that, it just, it's just real powerful.
0: That's cool. I, I bet you it'd be fun to listen to a bunch of other stories like that. Well, it's been helpful to me. One of the things that, I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that I have been taking my family through the seven habits of highly effective teens by Sean Covey. And each week on the Culture Bus Tools podcast, we ask our guests to share a leadership tip that they think would be critical for us as leaders to implement in our day-to-day and why. And I thought it would be fun to maybe just talk about the seven habits as that would be the lens for just leading in our home. What would it look like to just be a good leader in our home? And so how do I as a parent, how do our children kind of take these seven habits and run with them? So I was hoping that maybe you could give us some examples and and just walk us through the seven habits and help us get some clarity around them. Absolutely. Let's do
1: that. Let's walk through the seven habits and uh, I'll just talk about each one of them briefly and then then maybe we could take an example uh, and then go back and and apply the seven habits to that example.
0: That would be great.
1: Uh, One of the promises that the seven habits gives is that by living the seven habits we become profoundly more effective in the things that matter most to you and your work and your personal life Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that is part of what that leadership tip would be is implementing the seven habits would allow forward movement for us to be more effective both personally and professionally the first three habits are that the habits of character are what we call it, and a lot of times we equate those to to a tree. And so the first three habits would be like the root of a tree. And so the stronger the root system, and the stronger our character, then you know the stronger tree becomes. The stronger the tree yeah. becomes, the stronger the foundation. And those first three habits, we we often say are are in that root system because. Mm-hmm being an inside out model that has to do with us sure. that has to do with what, what is our internal system, our moral compass, let's say, and, and that's where the roots come from. Okay. Then as the tree grows, uh, we move into the, the trunk of the tree. And then of, co- of course, the top of the tree and the tree gets stronger as of course, as the root gets stronger, but also habits four, five, and six, also get stronger as that root system gets stronger. Yeah, And so then we, we move into, that's where our personality develops and that's where who we are and how we interact with people develops. And then of course, there's a habit number seven makes all the other habits uh, possible. Yeah. Habit number seven, we often say is the sun um, because the sun is what provides that energy source for the tree. So let's jump on into those first three habits. And so the first habit would be be proactive. And oftentimes when we say be proactive, another way to think about it is our personal responsibility or even initiative. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes an example of habit number one, being proactive, would be like Coke and water. And so sometimes we talk about you have a Coke and you're shaking a Coke and you're thinking of a situation that will get you all riled up. Somebody cuts you off in traffic and then you have water and you're shaking up water. And so when you're shaking up the two bottles you should have a good visual now. Uh which one are we going to open up? That's okay, right. we're going to want to open up the water, uh not the Coke cuz the Coke will explode. So we want right. to be a proactive person and be like the water and just kind of hold ourselves together rather than being reactive, exploding and spewing over everybody.
0: Mm, that's good.
1: The second one, habit number 2 is beginning with the end in mind that's the habit of personal vision. Mm. And the, the tool with that I'd share with you is is just really having a, a personal mission statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's your purpose in life? And I often tell people there's two most important days of your life is one, the day you were born and two, the day you figure out why. And, and so being able to live on a mission and live for a purpose and, and more than just day to day and whatever comes my way. Yeah. Then habit number three is putting first things first, which is really about personal management and self-discipline. Mm. So, so being able to discern, we call them big rocks. So, what are those? Uh, what are those big rocks? What are those most important things to us? And making sure that we schedule those big rocks first, yeah. and then we can organize all the other things that that come into our life. Mm. Um, and so we are really scheduling our priorities instead of prioritizing our schedule. Wow. And so making sure that we, you know, focus on those things that are most important. Good. So now we're going to move from the roots, from the first three habits, up the tree trunk to the top. So the next three habits are really how we work and collaborate with others. And we believe that when, when you develop a cadence of, of living habits four, five, and six, that you obtain that public victory. Yeah. So habit four is thinking win win, which is really a habit. It's an attitude. So it's an, an attitude of of there's mutual benefit here, and also relationship building. And so yeah. thinking of, you know, how can you win, and how can I win? And oftentimes balancing courage and consideration. So don't not necessarily being a doormat where I'm highly considerate and don't have the courage to speak up, but I'm not some pushover where. I'll speak my mind and won't listen to anybody else. You want to balance yeah. Yeah. that courage and that consideration and have that attitude of thinking win-win. Mm. Then habit number five is um, seek first to understand and then to be understood, and and that habit is really about a skill, and and the skill is is an empathic communication, being able to listen before we speak. Yeah, because oftentimes. Chris, we, we may listen with the intent to reply. And, and so we're trying to think of our response instead of truly listening to understand what the person is saying. Yeah, um, And so being able to develop that skill set to listen with the intent to understand mm. is so, such the powerful piece for Habit 5. Then habit number six is is synergize. And I say that that is, that is a result. So if four is an attitude, thinking win-win, five is a skill set, which is seeking first to understand, then be understood. Then our result is habit six, which is synergize. Yeah. Um, that's our result, which is creative cooperation and collaboration. Mm. It's a willingness to hear others' ideas, valuing people for who they are and valuing that we may be different mm. um, and we are different, and then being able to to participate. We often say, it's like new math, one plus one equals three. Yeah. So my way, and then there's your way, but together we're gonna come up with a way that's better than either of us can think of ourselves.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: So we have one last habit, right? Yeah. Um, but we're to the top of the tree. And so habit seven is the one that encompasses all the other habits. So the place habit number seven takes is is the sun. And so it's the energy source that provides what we need to fulfill the, all the other habits. Mm-hmm. So habit number seven makes all of the others happen, which is sharpening the soul, which is a habit of self-renewal. And it's really about staying balanced in four areas, our mind, heart, body, and spirit. Mm. Um, And so if we stay balanced in all four of those areas on a daily basis, then, then we can stay energized. Uh, He uses the example, have you ever been so busy driving that you don't stop and get gas? Mm. Uh, We usually stop and get gas when we need it. So our bodies need to stop and refuel. And that's what, what re-energizes us.
0: Man. So good. I think you mentioned earlier that you would maybe share an example of using those. What would that look like?
1: Yeah. So let's take an example. I know we were we were talking not long ago about Riley uh, having yep. a car accident, and so
0: and Riley is my oldest. He had a car accident. Bummer. Bummer story.
1: It is a bummer for everybody. <laughs> yes, for everybody. Um, no
0: one was hurt. No one was hurt. Everybody's okay. The car is dead, but that's the story. <laughs>
1: There we go. But I'm glad no one was hurt. You know that's that's instrumental. But thinking of that challenge, because Covey tells us that the seven habits are are best used when met with a challenge. And so hmm. I would say that that's a challenging moment when you get that call. Sure. Um, and and saying, uh, "Hey, you know, Dad, I'm i having a wreck. You know, I'm okay." And then and having to think as a teenager through that. And so. Yeah my son, Caleb, he is also reading the the seven habits to highly effective teens. And so when you shared that example with me, it just became real real.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> um, So thinking of that situation, you know, and, and thinking of Riley, and thinking of us as adults being proactive. So habit number one, you know, he had a choice to make, you know, to be very angry, to be mad. Uh, he could fly off the handle, kind of like that, that Coke example I gave, or he could yep. be like the water and just trying to remain calm, realizing getting angry isn't going to change the situation mm-hmm. and only hurts him in the end, you know, just because it stresses him out because he's yeah. already stressed. So being proactive in that way. And, and I really thought about two, habit two for Riley to, to realize his purpose. And so, and sometimes it takes after the fact to happen to realize that, you know, all things happen for a reason, but for us to realize as a family or for you guys to realize as a family or Riley to realize what's, what's the greater purpose here?
0: Yeah. What's
1: the lesson that I can learn? What's the purpose God's called me to? And how can I live that out even through this accident? Yeah. Um, and just thinking through that, that purpose he has on his life can really help him. Yeah, um, And then looking at that third one, putting first things first. So in that instant, talk about our circle of control and those things we can control and those things we can influence and then those things we can't control. That may be a concern of ours. And I often equate it to <laughs> windshield thinking and, and rear view mirror thinking. He can't control anymore what happened. What's happened has happened, but he can have full control over where he's going to go from here and how to handle the situation. And so just putting those first things first, knowing what's the most important right now, Mm -hmm. everybody's safe, calling the insurance, getting all the reports taken care of, versus dwelling on those things we can't control.
0: That's right. And you would refer to those first three as private victories, correct? Correct.
1: You got it because it's that, the roots that I was talking about, Yeah, that's that private victory. When we can develop that strong root system and, and, and that cadence of personal, I call it your personal private victory when, when we can, we can do that. So all three of those we talked about with Riley all had to do with Riley or had to do with even our responses as parents in that situation.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: Sure. Personally. So when we move up the tree to the next three habits, you know, getting to a point of, of thinking win-win uh, and habit number four, and so having the courage and consideration to, to be honest about, you know, whatever happened, but also having the courage to go check on the person, uh, the other person too. You know, we yeah. can choose to stay in our car and, and get upset. Or we can choose to go ahead and push in and see, is the other person okay? You know, making sure all, all is well. And then how can we work this out in the end? That's right. Uh, and, and insurance companies help us too. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, with those win-win agreements and, and being able to balance that mutual benefit. Yeah. And then habit number five, I thought of really seeking first to understand and then to be understood I guess I I put myself in your place as a dad, and and I think sometimes I'm I'm too quick to judge, and so to make assumptions or to think something happened that didn't happen, and where my oldest is Caleb, where where I I need to find time to listen to him. Yeah. Um, and so in this situation, just really uh, as a parent to to just listen and see, you know, what did happen where are you in this situation? You know, where can we go to move forward? I'm not going to judge you. I'm not, you know, we're, we're just going to move forward here that builds credibility I think for us as parents, but that also builds credibility for, for Riley in this yeah. situation.
0: Yeah, and I think, and I just, just as I'm getting some clarity on some things, of course, Riley isn't at this spot, but if he was perfect, which of course he's not, and he's working through these habits, maybe his responsibility with number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood, would maybe he... Maybe him coming to his Rachel, my wife or me and saying, Hey, what would you have done in this situation? Maybe really more just asking questions and trying to be a learner through this. Would that, would that be right? Am I, am I wrong in thinking that on his perspective and him applying this or?
1: You're on. So him being able to seek first to understand, being able to understand more of the situation, yeah. especially being a newer driver, sure. helping him to see, you Know what could I have done? Which, which the what could I have done piece is really if he were to come to you or Rachel, is getting to that point of synergy, yeah. And so, right. thinking of you know, what's our plan to move forward mm-hmm. and help me think about you know, let's synergize and work together to help me make a better choice if I didn't make a good choice this time, or you know, if there was anything different that I could have done, yeah. Um, not saying there was or there wasn't, but. You know, help me to understand that. So seeking first to understand on his part helps him to get to the point of synergy and having that plan to move forward and knowing right. what to
0: do next. That's good. That's good.
1: Yeah. And then at the end of the day, just to, uh, you know, for me, um, and I know from where you come from, just taking time to settle Riley and his nerves and, and being able to, to pray and, and seek God's wisdom mm-hmm. and just get to that point of balance in our mind, body, heart and spirit. And yeah. just just really getting to that that point of peace that I feel like that God can give us, you know, when we seek him uh, through that self-renewal and and that's you know so important to i think the family in situations like this uh, as well as to you know to rally as a teenager this is a big deal
0: yeah well i will i appreciate that jamie that's a really good way of thinking through each of those habits and helping someone become highly effective i mean you know we've done some of these things i might have done more i did ask him to have the conversations with the insurance company so i could see i could see that kind of in the mixture of 3 and 4 and and there were some things that i took responsibility for just cuz i'm a parent but for him to be able to work through these if i had this episode prior. Now we've got another accident. Forbid that to happen. But there's a way that I could use the framework. And in some ways, I think I've kind of done some of this, but I do see how the seven habits, they do give some language to and some categories to where things are. So that's super, super helpful. I think it would be helpful too for those that are listening to and I don't know if this is the the tool that we're going to provide for them. We'll probably have something in the show notes. But I know one thing that was really helpful for me when I was discussing this with the kids, of course, in Sean's book, he talks about paradigms first, and then he kind of works into the habits. And so for us, we I needed to help my kids understand clearly the way that they see things. And so there was a little exercise that allowed us to take each of the habits and then write the opposite of what we thought that habit might be. That was kind of helpful. So, you know, you just did, the, uh, you know, what, what you would do in a problem situation. Maybe it might be helpful for people to take these habits and think about the opposite of those with a problem. You know, how would you do the opposite of these? That might be a good exercise, but Definitely. These are, these are some really good things to be thinking about and I'm super grateful for you, Sharon. Well, I want to, I want to land the plane here. I appreciate the time that you've given us. Is there anything encouraging that you might want to share with us or anything else you'd want to just challenge us as we lead?
1: Chris, first, I'm i I'm just very humbled and honored to to be your guest today and, yeah. and to help think through how we can be more effective. And so yeah. I just wanna I wanna encourage I just would want to encourage people to um, and whoever is is listening to recognize and realize this is an inside out model. And yeah. and it really starts with us first. And I and I'm thinking of John fifteen sixteen where God said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit
0: mm. and that
1: your fruit would remain. And so really thinking about linking that to a covey statement to mm of these habits, the single most powerful investment we can ever make in life is the investment in ourselves and the only instrument we have with which to deal with life and to contribute. So just realizing that we all have that worth and potential in us and just to unlock our greatness so that we can bear fruit and fruit that will remain, not fruit Mm -hmm. that is temporary. So really just encouraging people to, to make choices and make you know, habits that are based on these universal principles, you know, to become more effective both personally and professionally.
0: Mm, So good, man. Well, I really appreciate you joining us today, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, as we finish today's episode, I want to thank you again for joining us. I'm really grateful for Jamie, his wisdom, and just for taking the time to walk us through the seven habits of highly effective people. A couple weeks ago, Rachel and I, we started using our dinner time to read the seven habits of highly effective teens to our kids. After taking a week to read chapter one, we gave our kids a fun dessert, and then we took out a big white pad and wrote out the name of each habit, their descriptions, and then asked the kids what they thought the opposite meaning of each habit might be. We discussed the imagery of the tree, the idea around what private and public victories look like. And then empowered our family to live out the seven habits in our life. And I got to tell you, each of my kids ages 16, 14, and 12 that mentioned what it was and that the exercise was actually a fun way to learn about these ideas. So for all you dads and moms out there that might want to do something similar, or maybe you want to take your small group or your staff or your team through a similar exercise, download the exercise that Rachel and I use by emailing me at hello at culturebus.cc or check out the show notes for more information. After listening to this episode, this tool is a great way to create forward movement around the principles shared. Also, if you're new to the Culture Bus Tools podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. When you sign up, you'll gain access to the Culture Bus Tools archive, which currently has over 25 leadership tools. I call these test drives. uh, And they basically are a way for you to help you and your team increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. You can head on over to culturebus.cc forward slash podcast to sign up and access this resource. And one more thing. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I'd love your help in getting the word out. You can do that by subscribing to your favorite podcasting platform, giving us a review, and telling others about the show. All right, I'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.